Your Best Health with Dr. Chris Banning is offered for informational purposes only. Before you make any major life changes, please seek the help of a professional or your physician before you do so. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Your Best Health with Dr. Chris Banning. This podcast will teach you how to get healthy and remain that way naturally. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Your Best Health with Dr. Chris Banning. My name is Aaron, and I'm the co-host with Dr. Banning, who is sitting right here beside me. Dr. Banning, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Aaron. Good. I'm glad. Um, today, we're going to be talking about... Bread. Bread, yes. <laughs> and wheat, especially Bread, wheat. wheat. Yeah. Um, you know, um, there's a lot of people out there that have all kinds of horrible symptoms like headaches, fatigue, skin rashes, low-grade fever, um, issues with their bowels, and just uh, people developing autoimmune-like symptoms. And uh, they come into our office and, you know, they're thinking – um, hey, I got a, I got a back problem, and and they do. The, the, the chiropractor can help, but for me, I want to really help my patients learn how to reduce inflammation in their body. Yes, sir. And wheat is a big generator of inflammation. So how about this? Rather than take an anti-inflammatory drug, why don't we just get off some wheat? That's a great idea. Right. It's a great idea until they hear what all is in, you know, what 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 products we're talking about with the, uh, you know, getting rid of wheat. But wheat is in everything. It's in everything. And so when I say it's in everything, I mean, I'm talking like baked goods, pizza. Pizza. How can you live without pizza, Dr. Right. It's one of the basic food groups when you're in college or a teenager crackers cereal now there's a really nice restaurant called panera bread oh yeah it's all bread goods so it, it really is yeah. yeah so um you know and then you got your cereals uh so there's a lot of wheat and of course the uh the USDA looked at those food pyramids. You, you look at those food pyramids when we were younger? I did. Yeah, they the made bottom was all now. wheat. <laughs> yeah, all wheat. And so, so anyhow, that's what I'd like to talk about. And, um, you know, the wheat 50 years ago is a lot different than the wheat is today um, through industrialization and just uh, genetic engineering. Um, I got all the agricultural business. It's where agriculture and business get together they both have to work and so uh, a couple of reasons our wheat is not like it used to be and creates so many problems for us is um, they've focused on increasing the yield per acre of wheat which is good it's a lot more efficient um, the other reason uh, what they've been doing is they've been trying to increase the resistance of wheat to pests or to drought or to molds Okay. And so in doing this, they've done very good at doing this, but um, the problem is, is the, the wheat's not a very good food, for, food source for humans. And a lot of it's just undigestible. So wheat and corn um, are the most widely consumed grains in the world, and uh, it's just changed drastically over the last 50 years. So 
um, you know, really, I can remember as a kid, you know, I grew up in farm country. My fa- Many of my family members did. I was a city slicker. But uh, we go to Iowa, and everybody was farmers. All the Bannings were farmers. Yeah. And I could I, – I just kept seeing all these seed companies. I was like, why are there all these different seed companies? I mean, <laughs> there's DeKalb, there's Pioneer, there's, there's just tons of them. And this was back, uh, you know, 50 years ago. And so I'm thinking – what is this? And so now I'm looking back on it, and they were genetically modifying seeds back then, but they didn't use that term. It right. was hybridization. And so again, they're they're wanting to make a better um, a better yield and uh, more resistant to pesticides. I like that because I don't want pesticides everywhere. No. Yeah, I agree. But um, they've come up with foods that just are undigestible. And so um, we know a lot about uh, gluten. Right. Yes. You know, we've all heard about that just because of the bad reactions it causes uh, for people. But gluten gives wheat some of its properties to bake, to mix. Um, You know, like when you roll out a a pan, like a pizza. Yeah. You see them doing that and they can flip it around and all that stuff. Um, You know, um, the dough that rises and keeps its shape, um, that kind of thing that sticks together. Um, Those are... uh, you know some of the properties of gluten that's why they've increased the content of gluten in wheat because it makes it easier to handle and to cook and to process and to put in little cookies and molds and things like that um, now so there, i want to talk about a a protein that is inside of gluten it's called gliadin um, so when we eat our foods especially a protein our body's supposed to break it down into the smallest denominator mm-hmm. so that would mean amino acids all okay. right our body can't break down gluten it can't break down gliadin which is a component of gluten so it's it's called a peptide it's a it's a short chain amino acid now this gliadin has huge damaging effects and is really becoming more and more into the modern wheat because of the the hybridizing and in the uh, genetic managing and so forth. There's over 200 forms of gliadin proteins. Good grief. Yes. They're all poorly and incompletely digested by humans. And it's part of this whole process of trying to become more efficient and pesticide resistant. Um... Let me ask you a question yeah. while we're talking about it. Because I've heard of gluten allergies. But I quit gluten for six months or so. Mm-hmm. And every issue I had went away. My skin cleared up. You know, I've got, I had eczema and, and things like that. But I've not been diagnosed with a gluten allergy. So gluten, you don't necessarily have to have a gluten allergy in order to be affected by it well <clears throat> problem is is uh, a lot of the laboratory testing um, is not picking up it's not uh, sensitive enough okay it's not picking up a lot of these reactions that take place in the body and so you know you can have a sensitivity you can have an intolerance or you can flat out have an allergic reaction now what these tests do is they measure antibody to a specific uh, allergen 
Okay. An allergen, let's say it's uh, gluten. Okay. So what it's doing is it's looking for the amount of antibodies that your body produced in response to gluten. Okay. So that, that so, makes sense. Yeah. And so it looks for different um, immunobodies, you know, and so, but they're just, the sensitivity isn't there with the lab tests. But uh, so the gli- gliadin, um, the gliadin alpha nine is a specific uh, uh, gliadin body and it, it is the most potent trigger for celiac disease. And uh, if you keep uh, eating grains, it will destroy your intestines. And uh, it's, a, it's specifically a small intestine, but that's in the wheat and the rye and the barley. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, we have more of these proteins that we didn't have 50 years ago. And so... That's accounting for the 400% increase in celiac disease since the 1950s. So. Well, that's interesting. And I thought proteins were good for you. (laughs) I don't know about that. There's lots of different kinds of proteins out there. Yeah. Um, The ones that we can digest are probably the best for us. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And break into yeah. amino acids. So what, this is what happens. Just to talk, We're kind of going to be talking about a lot of things, just how wheat affects us. So these small peptides like the gliadin, um, uh, they're basically, it's undigested protein. And so when you have an undigested protein come out in your bloodstream, your immune system says, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, You're supposed to be good. getting digested. Okay. So, number one, these peptides leak through your gut. There's something called leaky gut. We've discussed that before. I remember that. Yes. And it creates inflammation inside of your small intestine. Your small intestine is basically how you absorb your nutrients into the bloodstream. A lot of it should have been digested by, by the time it gets to the small intestine. But what can happen is you've got these little villi. Gosh, they're like the size of a hair. And these villi have a artery or an arterial, which is an extremely tiny, tiny microscopic artery for oxygen okay. to be delivered inside the intestine. It has a venule, which is a, an extremely small vein that's microscopic that takes CO2 out. And it has a lacteal. That's for lymphatics. And so, you know, these parts of the inside of your intestine they're finger-like extensions to increase surface area and so when you digest something it gets absorbed and then it gets absorbed it goes into the liver the liver detoxifies and then it's dumped back into the bloodstream and goes into your 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 blood your circulating blood and that's how it goes into your cells too when you have a peptide that's not being digested it creates an immune response when it hits the bloodstream and you know so the way it works is um that peptide can go to a specific area of your body. It may be attracted to a, a, a tissue in your knee. Um, that could cause rheumatoid, autoimmune type arthritis. Okay. It could go to your thyroid. That could cause autoimmune thyroid disease, Hashimoto's. It could go to your adrenals. Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's. Yeah, I used to watch him wrestle back in the Did you 70s. Really? Are you serious? <sighs> <laughs> you joker, you. <laughs> um, so then there's Addison's disease, which is an autoimmune response, you know. So you, you get the picture. Yeah. These peptides float around and the immune system just 
doesn't recognize it as it's supposed to you know how you know what friendly fire is right oh yeah that's where people get killed because self does not recognize self yes well, sir. that's what happens with autoimmune disease and so so this is a really interesting thing the brain has something called an opioid system okay basically what that means is this is the area that opioids bind to in the brain it's activated by these chemicals, peptides, okay? Now, when we think of opioids, we're thinking of, uh, you know, it's, it's basically a natural or a synthetic uh, chemical that binds to the brain's opioid center, okay? Heroin, codeine, or mm-hmm. morphine, okay? Well, this peptide called gliadin is an opioid. Really? Yes, so it has the ability to bind with the opioid system in the brain. The opioid system is what controls pain, reward, and addictive behaviors. So no wonder I can't stop eating bread. Well, <laughs> well, no wonder there's lots of things um, that yeah. take place. So, so, so this is the deal. Now I know you're thinking, "Wow, these things are opioids." I'm going to get a loaf and party. <laughs> I was not thinking that. All right. Well, anyhow, I'm sure a lot of people would. Back in my days, I did some of that. Not with well, I did it with bread. But I did it with some of the other stuff I shouldn't have done. Um, so this is the thing. Unfortunately, the part of the opioid system that is affected by glia alpha nine, which is which is one of two hundred gliadin proteins in bread or grains is um, it gives you brain fog it gives you paranoia it gives you anxiety it gives you the manic feeling that one has with bipolar illness depression and of course the munchies (laughs) that's the one thing it gives you (laughs) this episode is explaining so much right now (laughs) I mean um, so, so anyhow, but, but so, so what happens is people try to get off of this. They'll have a one week period where their body is just, they're going through withdrawals because of this and uh, they get nervous, you know, they get all these anxiety, uh, withdrawal type feelings, which is very similar to what people go through when they get off a of heroin yeah. or coding or morphine. Some people, it can take months to a year. Are you serious? Yes. But most people, if they stop doing wheat products after a week or two, all their symptoms go away. What's interesting is um, Dr. Davis, he's written uh, Wheat Belly, and he's also written a book called Undoctored. Dr. Perlmuter, who's a neurologist, has written Grain Brain. Several others, the, the books that I've read. But if you take a picture of somebody that's on grains... They've got a moon face, red, swollen face. I see you looking at me. I'm looking at you. (laughs) You even got a little bit of a butterfly rash. Butterfly rash is is lupus. When I quit gluten for the time that I did, I was a new man. Don't say quit gluten because there's more things. (laughs) Gluten is just the tip of the iceberg, dude. Um, But, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Yeah, your skin is red. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got my, my, some of the, some of my rashes back. There, yeah, yeah, here, here. oh yeah. Here, here. <laughs> Unmentionable areas. I don't know for a fact. There but are that certain can times I wish yeah. we were a video podcast, and that was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, one day we might, but no, don't don't go there. So yeah, people talk about gluten. It is it, gluten is a small part of it. There's other areas, you know, that we're talking about. So, um, so yeah, that's the gliadin. All right. So a lot of the genetis, geneticists, I'm not saying that properly, um, they will crossbreed wheat strains. And that's, where, that's what's gotten us into this mess to start with, right? It is. You know how something starts out with like, hey, let's do this. It's a yeah. great idea. Then hey, all of a sudden this. it takes you to places you never thought yeah. you would go. <laughs> and so what they're doing now is they're, they're exposing these strains to radiation and chemicals. Oh, wow. Yeah, caustic chemicals and radiation. That's scary. And it produces what we call a uh, mutation. And, you know, this produces like 14 or 15 different proteins and strands. And so, so this is a deal. We're talking about new strains and older strains of gluten, wheat grasses, and so forth. Um, we were talking off off the air i was talking to you about a wheat vault yeah that um has they have preserved the seedlings of ancient wheatgrass um they want to preserve that do you know why no in case we have a nuclear holocaust or there is a world crisis they can restart everything wow because a lot of these um seeds do not reproduce Huh. And that's a whole other story where some of these seed companies will go to a foreign land. I learned this from a patient who does chemical testing on seeds. And uh, he told me the sad part is some of these seed companies would sell seeds to a farmer in a third world country. And they don't reproduce seeds. Farmer uh, didn't know that, so they've got a repeat customer. They have to repeat customers. Yeah. Some a lot of the the, the, the foreign farmers and third world farmers were committing suicide because they couldn't come up with the oh, money. Man, yeah, yeah. So we're getting into some pretty sticky stuff here, and you and I, we don't know anything about this stuff, but big business, I'll guarantee you, they know all about it. Oh, I'll sure. guarantee the government knows about it too. But um, anyhow, so. So we've got a couple other things. There's something called wheat germ agglutinin. Now, I've heard of wheat germ before. Wheat germ, yes. Wheat germ is the goodies. That's yeah. the good oil inside of a, a a wheat hull. There's the chafe, which is the carbohydrates and all that, which we're going to talk about some of the lethal carbohydrates in, in wheat. But the germ is the oil. Okay. Like wheat germ oil, sesame seed oil. That's where all the birds and bees stuff takes place. Okay. That's the sperm. And then that's the ovary, as, as I would call it. I don't know what it's called in the plant world, but they get together and they have a seed. Yes. Okay. It's, uh, so the wheat germ agglutinin, let's just go over what the word agglutinin means. Okay. It means clumping of particles. Agglutinin. Yes. Wheat germ agglutinin. That has increased in our, our wheats. It's a protein. It's in wheat, barley, rye, and rice. What wheat germ agglutinin does is it protects plant, plants versus molds and insects. So during the growing phase of a plant, if a bug starts chowing down on it, it's not going to be too healthy. But if the plant can make it through its growth phase to a certain point, then it can sustain its life and, 
and reproduce. That's what everything wants to do is reproduce. Does that make sense? It does, yes. So the agglutinin will act as a pesticide. Um, Now, that works great for the plant, but what about us if we can't digest it and it gets in our body? That that sounds to me like eating plastic. Yeah. Well, you've heard of coronary artery disease, right? You've heard of plaquing? Yep. Well, this agglutinin can actually create clumps of red blood cells and create placking. That's okay. scary. Okay. Well, that's why the cardiologist, Mr. Davis, is recommending his patients get off this. He got sick and tired of doing these stents and these procedures and him having to – he wanted to be on the front end of this instead of the back end where they're dying. Good defense okay. instead of yeah. being on the offense. Right, exactly. And so um, – that's why I wrote this book, but but uh, yeah, wheat germ agglutinin, and so you know our immune system uses this in a positive way. What it'll do is it'll get a group of cells together in a ball, and it uses this to its advantage, and then it just eats that whole ball of pathogens. But this hair system is totally different in our body. It's it's not something our body has made. It's something that's introduced in our body through the wheat supply through the, the the cereal through all that stuff and it it goes undigested it gets in our bloodstream and all of a sudden you know we can start having clumping and clotting and stuff no i don't I want that up. yeah i don't either so you know stop eating wheat all right i'm going to ask bread. you about that at the end of the podcast but, but go ahead with you your you need to ask at the end ask I don't want our readers to not know <laughs> well, what you're going to ask. Well, no, our, I want to get through listeners. all the bad stuff, and then okay. we'll talk about what to do. Well, I'll tell you one thing in particular. <clears throat> My personal experience, wheat <clears throat> in the form of rice will just destroy me, even brown rice. And so I'll eat it, and all of a sudden my heart will palpitate. I will sweat. And I feel horrible. I hold on to fluid. I get swollen, and I, I gain weight. Well, that brings up an interesting question, real quick. And I may sound like a complete idiot. That's okay. What does wheat have to do with rice? Is rice wheat? Yeah, it's a form. It's all. Yeah, I had no idea. All seeds. Yeah, grass seeds. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I may have to edit that because I sound like an idiot. <laughs> no, don't, don't. I think people like that. <laughs> they like me being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> It's po- funny. Podcast idiot. We can all look like idiots. I mean. <laughs> well, no, I just learned something, and that yeah, feels good. You know how it good. feels good to learn something yeah, new. That's a good thing. And I hate to uh, to derail you, so get back on. Okay. Go ahead. So, um, so wheat germ agglutinin comes from a class of proteins called lectins, uh, which are also completely undigestible. Lectins. Yes, lectins. Now, lectins, you may have heard, are in legumes like nuts, beans, things like that. Yeah, peanuts uh, are a yeah. legume. Yeah, so it's a naturally occurring protein found in plants again, and they serve as a protective function as plants grow. Interesting. Same thing as the AGA, okay? Okay. Um, this is a kicker, though. It is not affected by cooking, baking, sprouting the seeds, and, and soaking them. Um, it isn't uh, affected by fermentation. Um, no matter what process you try to use, the D- WGA and the lectins stay intact. 
That's scary. So it goes through all the food preparation that we would do to get rid of a lot of those things. You know, when you cook, you're supposed to get rid of a lot of yeah, that stuff. Yeah, it kills it. Yeah, it doesn't happen. So our bodies uh, get exposed to it, and then we have an immune reaction. And that's why autoimmune diseases, in my opinion, are so much on the rise is because not just the pesticides, but some of the things that's being put into, you know, the bread, the wheat, and, and how we package it, you know, with manufacturing and big business and all that, and advertise it. Yeah. So here's another one, something called phytates. Phytates? P-H-Y-T-A-T-E. <laughs> this is another chemical that's in wheat corn and millet millet is basically um it's like a, a grain that they use for cereal it's like oh, a yeah. fodder that they it's just like a, a coarse grain it's like a filler kind of like uh, yeah. sawdust yeah and they say hey, hey let's feed the cows just chuck some millet over there just <laughs> feed them just all that stuff and they eat it. see the kicker is is, is uh you know these phytates yeah they resist pests. They're in the grain. Okay. And so all of these things, they've been wanting to increase the yield, resistance to pesticides, resistance to radi radiology, resistance to, to chemicals and drought. All these bad things have gone up. Does that make sense? Yeah. It to make does. a super plant, you're going to have to increase its defense system. All right. Yeah. So that's what we're eating. We're eating plants that have just these massive defense systems. And, and the plants are saying, hey, you're not going to digest me. I want to kill you. <laughs> not really. Grief. But so the phytates, they resist pests. Um, and again, they've been going up in our in our wheat, in our cereals and so forth over the last 50 years. So. We've talked about anti-nutrients before, right? Mm -hmm. An anti-nutrient is something you consume that actually removes nutrients from your body. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? It does. You're yes. trying to nourish yourself, but at the same time, the food that you're eating, if it contains phytates, it pulls zinc, calcium, iron, and magnesium from your body. So it's kind of like a sponge that collects yeah, the good stuff. Exactly. So there's lots of people um, that take their vitamins before they eat their cereal in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's the antivitamin. And there's a lot of cereals that have sprayed on vitamins, and they probably have plenty of that stuff in yeah. there. It's just so, so, listener, are you ticked off yet? I, I am. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it because my patients are experiencing this and they don't even know it. And sometimes they don't even want to listen to a word I say. <laughs> They're like, I ain't stopping my donuts. I ain't yeah. stopping my cereal. I they ain't listen. stopping my pizza. <laughs> they listen until you get to that point. But I'm just like, keep getting sick then. So so this is the other thing. It only takes 50 milligrams of phytase to shut down these minerals. Um, by the way, you know how many grams of phytates children consume per day i don't 600 to 1900 a day oh my goodness that's over a hundred percent of what it takes to strip nutrients right exactly so if um you know you have iron deficiency anemia one of the number one causes of that is phytates zinc deficiency will cause skin rashes poor wound healing impaired immunity reduced sense of taste and smell and a slowed growth rate in children. Do you think that's important? Yeah. Somewhat, yes. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know how nutrient absorption is restored? No. Take a wild guess. Stop eating this stuff. Yes. <laughs> and in two weeks, it gets restored. Your body gets well, healthy Well, no wonder again. I cleared up. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the advice from government, eat more whole grains for better nutrition. Oh, yeah. I've heard that a lot. It's total fiction. You're, wait, you're not telling me our government would tell us a non-truth, are you? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. All right. So let's go to the carbohydrate portion of the wheat. Okay. There is a carbohydrate called amylopectin A, alpha amylopectin. Basically, it's a food that is so easily digestible and is a sugar that it raises your blood sugar, it has a higher glycemic index than table sugar itself. That's insane. Yeah. So what that means is when you eat plenty of whole grains, that's where you get a sugar coma. <laughs> the <laughs> blood sugar funny. tissue straight up in the air. Amylopectin A, just look it up. I mean, but yeah, it, uh, it causes severe high blood sugar spikes um so let me ask you this if we eat lots of grains i mean now so let me back up a little bit now they used to say that whole grains were healthier yeah than whole white. wheat bread's yeah. better than white bread they kill you less fast it's like comparing a cigarette with a filtered cigarette. Oh, I see. The filtered cigarette is much healthier for you because there's less tar. Yeah, right. So eat and smoke. <laughs> eat more whole grains. I don't think that's good advice for our and podcast. Smoke more filtered cigarettes. Right? Well, it's better. They're I guess. healthier than white flour and unfiltered cigarettes, right? They're healthier. I don't know. Right? I'm not a scientist, so I don't uh, like this advice. It well, scares me. Okay. Gosh darn it. I'm trying to reword this. Okay. So have you ever wondered how Honey Nut Cheerios are heart healthy? The American Heart Association says they're heart healthy. I have wondered that before. Yes. There's a little thing called beta-glucan. In experiments... Beta glucan. There's 14 studies that I've that I've read that I've read of that say that they reduce LDL particles. So we're getting to that filtered cigarette again, right? I see. So we throw wheat, we throw gluten, we throw GLA, we throw amylopectin, um, we throw all these things, the phytates, everything we've talked about. And we put a little bit of beta-glucan in there, and it's heart healthy. <laughs> yeah. Give me I some see. more of that. Your filtered cigarette example works perfectly yeah. there because I see what you're saying. Well, I can't say that's mine because Mr. Davis used that, and I said, I've got to have it. So yeah. thanks, thanks, Dr. Davis. That's good. In his book on Doctor. Do you know there's even more stuff that we can talk about here? Yeah, I'm sure. There's We'd one probably more. probably go on all day. There's something called alpha amylase inhibitors. And there's other allergens as well, but I'm just hitting the high spots. And this is in modern wheat, not found in ancient or traditional forms. You have to go to the vault in Norway. 
to get the traditional forms. I've always we, wanted to go to Norway. Have you? Well, there you got a good reason. They just put about 10 to $15 million into buttressing it and building it up to sustain any type of a loss. Um, so, you know, all this differing in, in structure of these uh, amino acids that are in the food supply, which is in our wheat and our cereal and our baked goods and our donuts and our cookies and our crackers, etc. Um, I mean, this little bit of change is enough to create, uh, you know, from a little rash all the way to severe anaphylactic shock. And so the alpha amylase, amylase actually is an enzyme in our bodies that we used to digest stuff with. It's in our mouth and our salivary glands. It's used to digest carbohydrates, complex carbohydrates like potatoes, sweet potatoes, um, starchy vegetables, just starches. And it's used to break those polysaccharides down into not poly, but one saccharide, which would be glucose. The pancreas also has amylase in it, and that's also used to uh, break down. These get inhibited. This is an amylase inhibitor, so our salivary gland does not have amylase to digest polysaccharides, and our pancreas doesn't have enough amylase. It inhibits that amylase. And you're saying amylase. A-M-Y-L-A-S-E. Anything that ends in an A-S-E is an enzyme. I thought you were yeah. saying amways for a second. I thought you were going to start drawing circles and telling me to buy soap. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Um, so it inhibits digestion. All these things inhibit digestion. They're hitting us in one of the most important areas of our body is the digestive tract. The digestive tract, its goal is to to poke holes in food, to acidify it, to kill any bad bacteria, to break it down into its least common denominators like glucose, that's the carbohydrates, um, amino acids, that's the protein, and you know triglycerides, that's the fat. It's not able to do that. Hmm. with this food and so it's triggering our immune system it's destroying our gi tract and our gut and our bacteria and it's just impossible to be healthy if we keep eating this stuff yeah you know and, and, and there's so much new information about the gut brain connection that interests me and i think we've had a show on that but i think we should revisit that well the thing is is if if, if you're wanting a healthy brain you ain't gonna have one if you're eating this kind of stuff it's oh, gonna destroy explains. your gut your bacteria explain so and not much. only that you're gonna have your opioid system getting stimulated you're gonna want the munchies you want to eat everything in sight you're gonna be manic bipolar depressed full of fluid all that crazy stuff. So I, I've, I've had a little saying that I've had for years, and I'm still going to say it. The solution to pollution is dilution. It just is. And so when you have a toxic system, what do you do? You rid the body of the toxins. And what does the body do? It loses water. You lose weight. Yeah. Our bodies are holding on to so much fluid and we're so bloated because we have all these toxins in our body. The body is trying to dilute the effects of the toxins. Makes sense. So if we're bloated, what's going to happen? We're going to have high blood pressure, right? Yeah. We're going to have all kinds of redness and inflammation and joint pain. And so the solution to pollution is dilution. 
get rid of the toxins and you'll get rid of the water and all the extra fluid and so many other things. So well, let me ask you this, since we've talked about all this bad stuff, some of it's scary, some of it kind of funny, but what are we to do? What, what, let's say I have this standard American diet. That's what I, I live off. Let's that's just a, say. That's, let's just call it the SAD, SAD, SAD yeah. diet. What, where do I start? What's the first thing I should do? Well, all right. So there's another thing about this SAD that I, I didn't tell yet, and I need to. We talked about all the effects. What do you do when you have reflux? Take a pill. And an acid, right? Yeah. Why don't you get off of gluten? Get off of wheat. Antacids, no need. What do you take if you have high blood pressure? Take a pill. Okay. Blood pressure medication? Yep. Okay. Get off of gluten. Get off of baked goods. Get off of cereal. Get off all that crap. What if you have high blood cholesterol? What do you do? I take a cholesterol pill. Take a satin. Why don't you just get off of wheat? That's what the that's what the cardiologist is doing. That's why his patients are getting healthier, making huge changes, losing tons of weight. Okay. Um, what about this autoimmune issue that you've got? Let's say you got lupus. You got the butterfly rash going on the face, and you want to get rid of that. Yeah. There's a pill for that. There's they're giving people steroids for that. Do you want to take a steroid? Mm-mm. Why don't you get off the wheat and the gluten and all that other stuff that's inside of that stuff? Um, so are you telling me? To become a vegetarian? I'm just telling you, get off of the bread and the grains. They're not good for you. The cereals, the biscuits. What biscuits. am I to eat? Have you ever heard of a vegetable? Is that, is <laughs> you that are foreign? telling me to is be a vegetarian. To you? No, I'm not. I'm telling you to eat real food. <laughs> a veggie. I, I love vegetables. You Don't get me wrong. A veggie. I get a veggie plate any chance I can because I love vegetables. Well, there you go then. You just answered your question. Good job. But there what about go. a steak? Yeah. Eat a steak, too. Okay. Now, now, under, we're, now under, we're talking. Understand this. What are we feeding? Oh, are, yeah. You're right. See, feeding? i got to be a vegetarian. No, you okay. don't. <laughs> Grass-fed. Grass-fed animals. Do they have that at McDonald's? Hmm. <laughs> I am not sure. I'm betting they don't. <laughs> they got plenty of wheat there. Yes, they do. Everything yeah. you order's got wheat. Do, do you understand this though? People are eating foods that are causing them to become inflamed, and they're getting on drugs. Yes. Okay. This comes across my consultation room every day. The other day, I had a guy. Um, he lost his wife to, to, to cancer, and he was eighty some years old. And he likes to hunt. He likes to fish. He's very active. He'd had a stroke. He'd been stressed out for a long time helping his wife. Now he just wanted to get healthy. And so he was had low energy. He had uh, depression and brain fog and a few other things. But he says, that's what I want to do. And so we were going to put this in quotes, treat him for those problems. So I got a list of his medications, sinus and cold medication. Now, those are anticholinergic drugs, which we can go into later on, but it really screws up your calcium metabolism, and it causes dementia. Do you know anybody who's taking cold allergy medication every day? Me. I'm okay. one of them. It will cause dementia. It will cause dementia. I can get you the research. It's solid research from a great journal. I've got it. 
I've got it on file here. I went over that seminar. We talked about all the research. So anticholinergic drugs will cause dementia. Okay. Well, um, from now on. So he the, was on that. Okay. Okay. I just said, hey, listen, this is what can happen. Okay. I cannot tell somebody to get off their medication. I'm not a medical doctor. Okay. So it's illegal for me to do that. But I can show them the side effects of the drugs, and they can make their own decision. Statins. Um, statins are bad for the liver. Um, they're bad for brain function. And the muscles don't function very well with, with statins. I know this because my mother-in-law went to the emergency room one, one time, and she was having just a horrible reaction. And they looked at her and said, man, you don't have much muscle. Are you on statins? Yeah, get off them. Wow. So that was the emergency room. Now, emergency room is not where you get your health care advice, but in this case, they did a great job. They're there <laughs> to save your life, and that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Okay. So blood pressure medication. Blood pressure medication is not good for the mitochondria. It shuts down ATP production in the mitochondria, and it lowers blood pressure. Well, low energy. And so, you know, we could go on and on. I, I think he was on eight medications. Um, I basically sent him this thing, and he says, well, this is, this is the stuff I'm taking. And I'm like, yes, it is. So, you know, this is the thing. That's, this is why this book called Undoctored, in spite of your, your doctor, it's, it's what's so frustrating is because you're, taking, you're eating foods that are causing your condition, and you're going into the doctor, and you're getting drugs to offset the side effects of the foods. So it's frustrating for me because it's another obstacle course that I have to go through to help my patients get better. I'm willing to do it, but there should be some type of a doctor that specializes in getting patients off their medications. Listener, if you're interested in the book uh, that Dr. Banning has been Well, hold on a second. It's... It's a tough book to read. It's pretty technical. And so I had I, I recommend it to somebody who said this is a this is too deep to read. Sorry. I've never <laughs> met that book. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's at the house. But uh, you know, there's lots of others like like uh, Wheat Belly. That's an easy book to read. But uh, anyhow. I'm gonna check out the one you've been talking about. Undoctored why why healthcare failed you and how you become smarter how you can become smarter than your doctor yeah that sounds like a good book to me by uh, william davis he has got a great plan but the book is hard to understand i've got an extra copy i'll give you it's hard but i'd love to hear uh, i'd love to read it yeah and let me know how you feel about it because i want to make sure because i've been recommending it to my patients but i've been having some people say wow that's kind of a tough read so i will read it and i will give you a report i'm I'm going to say this too i'm going to start this is saturday Oh, what are you going to do? This is Saturday, October the 12th. Is it really? What time is it? It's my son's birthday today. Oh, you're going to have some cake. Okay, Happy there birthday. you go. <laughs> have a cake party. There was one in the oven yeah. when I left. Smother yourself in cake. It's 11.52 a.m. on this beautiful, beautiful, cool Saturday. I'm not oh. going to have wheat for oh. the week. I'm not going to have bread. I'm not going to eat birthday cake. Why are you doing this? I want to get better. Go to your doctor and take some medication, <laughs> dude. No, you could take steroids for your swelling and inflammation. Doctor um, Banning, I've said this. You could get this. B12 shots for your skin issues that you've got, right? I've said this. You could take antacids for the some of the reflux and stuff, right? When could people you? ask me who is my doctor, 
I tell them Dr. Chris Banning. Oh, boy. You are. You're, you, no, since I've been coming to see you, I haven't had to go to my regular doctor. Well, that's not why. No, it is. No, that we don't. That's not good. Uh, I know that's, that's not, not a good public service <laughs> announcement. I, I know you're not a medical doctor, but what you, the advice you give me works. Well, this is the thing. You can give advice, but people don't follow it. If they don't follow it, they don't get the results, and therefore they start to get into this issue like, man, I got these symptoms. I got to get rid of them. Well, that's where you take a pill. Yeah, I'm not doing that. And it's going to, well, it's good to not do that, but if you keep delaying, eventually you're going to hit a crisis. And that's what we try to avoid. I would rather fix it from the inside. You know, and I've got to credit my father too because I've grown up. I'm 52 years old now. My mm-hmm. entire childhood, I was taught that food is medicine. Food is your best medicine. And medicine is your best food. Yes. Hold on. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Actually, hold on a second. I'm <laughs> not going to eat a meal of pills, but. No, I'm trying to think of that quote that Hippocrates had. Well, my father taught me that, and mm-hmm. I, and, and it, it stuck. My father taught me a lot of very wise things mm-hmm. um, and he uh, implanted the seed of faith which has I've grown with as well oh the seed I like that yeah play on words there but food as medicine as he taught me uh, it's never failed yeah I, I'm weak when it comes to oh hamburgers give me that give me that put everything on it double with the bread you know whatever so I'm going to try for the next week until we record next week's podcast. I'm going to see just how I react. I may come in here with my hair sticking straight up and just. Well, uh, <laughs> why don't we do this? We'll take a picture of your face now. Okay. We'll take a picture of your face a week from now. All right. You want to do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do we'll it. Do it. Awesome. Let's do it right now while we're on the mic and flip this camera. I'm taking the picture. Get the side where you got the red going now. On. There you go. That's that red eczema. There you go. There it is. Yep. Okay. I'll post these. See how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dr. Manning, this has been probably my, it's been one of my favorite podcasts we've recorded yet because I've learned so much in, in the past 46 minutes and I'm super excited. I'm fired up. I'm ready to get healthy. And, uh, I thank you for your advice. I'm going to take it. All right, man. Well, I enjoyed uh, doing this. Um, so, did you have anything else you wanted to say before we wrapped up? Um, no, not in particular. Just uh, you know, if you have any questions about you know any of this information, you're welcome to contact us, or you can come in as a patient, and uh, we'd love to have an opportunity to meet you and, and help you out with your health. Um, so anyhow, we're here in White House Chiropractic. My name is Dr. Chris Manning, and thank you for listening. Yeah, and it's real easy to contact us, too, because you got a great website, whitehousechiropractic.com. That's whitehousechiropractic.com. There's a contact form on there. Just up in the upper uh, right hand of the screen, you'll see Contact Us. You can click that. We're located at 147 Raymondhurst Parkway in White House, Tennessee, right under the beautiful water tower. And give us a call. Area code 615-672-7878. And we'll be back next week with a whole new episode. Thanks, Dr. Banning. Thank you.